Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. With Mother's Day just around the corner, I wanted to give something in this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs to help you feel special, to help you feel loved, to help you feel valued, to help you feel appreciated. Whether you are a mother or not, you were born into creativity. Are you creative? Do you know of other women who are creative? Creativity is something that just keeps the world spinning. Where would we be without it? And where would we be without women? Creativity lives in the imagination. How many times have you lost touch with your creativity, your ability to imagine another reality? This happens all the time when we get caught in doing mode. When we get caught in the realm of I should, when we find ourselves going through the motions of what we feel obligated to do, are you relating to any of this? This is just such a place of disempowerment. This is a place of feeling trapped. This is a place where overwhelm, fatigue, depression and anxiety start taking over. This is a common plight for many women, whether you are a mother or not. So the gift I want to give you this week is one little word to take out of your vocabulary to get you out of feeling disempowered and one other little word to get you feeling lighter, brighter and more in control of your life. Okay, I hope you have a happy Mother's Day for all those mums who are in Australia listening to this. And for mums in other parts of the world, grab this day for yourselves too. Mums and women deserve to be celebrated every single day. Let's open the door on this week's episode. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Welcome to today's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. I was in two minds about whether or not I should or whether or not I could do this episode this week. And the reason being is that I've got COVID after more than two years of the COVID pandemic and after three vaccination shots, it's my turn. Although I'm feeling a bit under the weather, I am still well enough to do this episode. So just bear with my nasally voice, please. There are two words 
as I said in the intro, that are the focus of this week's episode. And I've already used those two words in the first sentence of this episode. So one of these words can have a very negative effect and the other opens up the realms of possibility. My aim is to help you by giving you the tools that you need to shift your energy to a positive space because this is where the good energy lies for you to steer your life in the direction of your dreams. First, I want to focus on the word could because this is the word that at the end of the day was going to determine whether or not I would be able to put together this episode. My voice, I know, is sounding different to what it normally sounds like, but that's not going to stop me. It really depended on whether I felt physically up to it. If I didn't, then I would have given my apologies and I would have just skipped this episode. And It takes a lot for me to skip an episode because it is very important to me that I keep putting together more and more resources for you to help you break free from the things that are holding you back, the things that are making you feel hurt, the things that are making you feel afraid, the things that are making you feel less than, the things that are making you feel angry, the things that are making you feel frustrated, the things that are making you feel trapped, the things that are making you feel depressed, the things that are making you feel overwhelmed, the things that are making making you feel sad, the things that are making you feel like retreating from the things that are triggering you. Another reason I show up is because I made a commitment to create a new episode of this podcast every week. It's important that I keep my word, not just because it shows to you which is really important, that I'm a person of my word, somebody that you can trust and you can trust that I'm going to do what I say. But because I know that I'm developing a very important muscle by doing what I say I'm going to do. There have only been a couple of times that I have not stuck with getting a new episode out. And these times it has been because I have not had any backup episodes and I had too much going on to be able to get that particular week covered. So, and I'm okay with that because it's not something that happens frequently. It's not that I've had like a big gap with the podcast and because when you lose momentum, that is the time it's harder to pick things back up again. So it's really important to try and maintain that momentum and I know how important that is because I know that in my heart of hearts that I'm creating a resource that is going to be helping women to get unstuck from the challenges that they're going through. So, but what it has done with, you know, me missing those couple of episodes is it definitely gave me a prompt to get some episodes backed up so that if I need to take a week off, then I can and I could still stick with my commitment. And that probably would have been a great thing to have in place for this week because lo and behold, I wasn't expecting to come down with COVID, but 
it has happened. And I don't know where or when I have picked it up, but um, yeah, it's here. I've got it at the moment. It's just me. So in my family of my husband and my three children who are with me, I'm the only one at the moment who has uh, tested positive. And so I have had to isolate myself from the rest of my beautiful family. And um, this hasn't been easy, but they've they've been lovely and um, they're taking good care of me. And I know it's frustrating because some of my children have got uh, cold symptoms and I want to be taking care of them. Luckily, I got a big chicken soup on the morning um, just before I got my COVID positive result. And uh, so I've I've got some soups and stuff and backup to help everybody to get through this. But um, yeah, it'll be nice when we're through the other side of it. And I don't wish for anyone else in my family to get this, but until... Um, I'm through my isolation period or unless someone else in the family tests positive, I, you know, I'm isolating from the rest of them. So anyway, that, that will come to an end sooner rather than later, which is great. So I just want to get back to talking about commitment and the commitment part of whether or not I was going to do this week's episode relates to the word should. So we've got should and could, okay? Could is great because when you talk about could, you're talking about what is possible. What can I do? What could I do? And that really just opens everything up. But when you say should, suddenly you're feeling very constricted by feeling obligated. So let's talk about that. Okay. This is one of the words that, you know, I really feel in a way, um, sometimes it'd be helpful if it was just taken out of the English language, because, you know, more often than not, it acts as a catalyst for feelings of guilt and shame and guilt and shame can sometimes really hold us back and not have a very positive influence in our lives. So if it's the catalyst to change something that we feel needs to be changed, you know, all well and good, but it's not always the way it works. So saying I should brings with it, as I said, this huge sense of obligation and obligation brings with it a feeling of having to do something whether you choose to or not. So suddenly you feel as though your choices have been taken away from you. And as a victim of domestic abuse, that is where you're coming from, this place of powerlessness where your choices have been taken away. So that word should is a very sensitive word for you because it automatically is going to make you feel disempowered as though you have no choices. And that's not necessarily true. Saying I should, it colours the way we feel, which, you know, it makes it, it can make us feel frustrated and negative, you know, much of the time. It's not a positive feeling word. And ultimately, like I said to you, it, it can feel very disempowering. like that power of choice that we should have, should has come up again, is taken away from us. So um, what can we do? 
let's explore this. And this is exactly, you know, as I said, what happens to victims of abusive relationships. And this is why spending some time today looking at this word should and when and how to use it is so important. So it's first, the first key to change is awareness. Okay. So when you become aware of a word that can be very, very limiting in your life, it's great to gain an awareness of that word and you can see how it plays out for you in your life. So the next time that you find yourself saying, I should, I want you to stop and I want you to ask yourself, why? Ask yourself, why do I feel that I should do this? And ask yourself, is this thing that you feel obligated to do, is it something that you feel obligated to do or is it something that you have a choice with, okay? Because it may not be an absolute obligation that you must do. It may be something that you can choose to do or choose not to do. So don't just say, I should do this or do that catch yourself when you're saying I should. Women and especially mums get so torn about all the things that they feel that they should be doing that it takes the joy out of life. So for instance, when you're working, you feel like you should be spending more time with the kids Or when you're with the kids, you feel like you should be doing maybe some housework. Or when you're doing housework, you feel like you should be taking some time out for self-care. It can become a never-ending list of I shoulds. There's no peace, no peace at all to be found in the word should. But there are times when it can be helpful. And that's why I want you to follow I should with the question of why do I think that or why do I feel that? For example, maybe ask yourself if I am feeling that I should, is this because this is going to be good for me, good for my health or good for my well-being? And that's all your safety. So that's when should is actually a good place to start in motivating you to do something to change. And I'm just going to use an example of from my own past. And I've talked about this, you know, quite a few times in different episodes, but I used to be a smoker and I'm a non-smoker now, thankfully. But for years, I knew that I should, should give up smoking. I knew that giving up smoking was going to be good for me. It was going to be good for my health. But do you think that that was enough to motivate me to stop? No. I needed to get through to a place in my life where I felt more in control and then I needed something extra. And that extra thing is what we need. And it's the emotional push that gets you to take action. So for me, that was my husband telling me one day that he wanted to take me to visit a friend of his that was in a nursing home for the elderly 
who was only 60 years old. He wasn't an old person and he certainly shouldn't have been in a nursing home at the age of 60, but he was because he had very bad emphysema and he was on oxygen 24 hours a day. And that was it. It was all the motivation that I needed. I had felt pain in my feet for some time from poor circulation. I felt breathless going up the stairs. And the overwhelming feeling of not wanting to go and visit this man with emphysema to confront my own potential health demise was enough to get me onto the quit smoking medication that I had stored away for more than a month. And that was the motivation that I need to start taking that medication. And within three weeks, I had stopped smoking. So I knew that smoking had become a part of my identity. I've been smoking for years and for the next 12 months, I didn't know who I was without cigarettes. It was such a painful place for me to be. It was so challenging. The cravings were so strong for that first 12 months, but I resisted. I resisted the cravings and I'm not exactly sure when the shift happened, but there was a shift over time. And I soon realized that I didn't any longer identify with myself as being a smoker. And suddenly it went from it being really excruciatingly hard for me to go without cigarettes to actually, you know, being able to be in the presence of people who were smoking and be around these people who were smoking and not feel at all like I would like to be having a cigarette or that it was almost as if it was something that I had never done before. And that's when you know that you've reached a transformation and it's on a much deeper level. There's stages that you've got to go through. And these stages are often going to be very, very challenging to begin with. And we resist pain because we don't like pain. Why would we lean into pain? But when it comes to us being healthier, us being safe, you know, our well-being, our mental health, all of those things, sometimes it's better to opt for that pain to get through to the transformation to be in a different place to where we were before. And if we resist that and if we don't move into it, then we can stay stuck in that place and understandably not wanting to go into that place because we've been through so much pain already. That's why we need support. So I just want to go back to the word should and the role it played in my journey as a smoker. Feeling as though I should stop smoking was really good to a point because it it was something that was in the best interest of my health. So feeling bad about this habit continuing as long as it did was like my conscience reminding me that there was something that I needed to do to take better care of myself. That's why I said you should ask yourself if you are feeling that you should do something something that will be beneficial to your health, 
or to your safety or to your general well-being, then it is a good idea to dig a bit deeper and get the help that you need to make this change. So for me, when I stopped smoking, I was having regular counselling and I was taking medication to help me with the physical cravings that I was having. In other words, I had done what I needed to do to set myself up to win, and this is so important. So often we think that we should be able to make challenging changes on our own and when we fail because we've not had enough support in place to help us do that challenging thing we end up giving ourselves a hard time we beat ourselves up we feel like a failure and we keep doing the thing that isn't good for us and we end up having all of these horrible feelings of guilt and shame come along with us for the ride that's why what is going to make the difference is setting yourself up to win. So when you do this, what it means is you'll feel supported and feeling supported, it can be in any number of ways. It doesn't necessarily mean having a support person, but more often than not, it will be. And um and I'll explain why, because, because when you've got somebody who is supporting you, you've got somebody who you are accountable to and people who achieve things are much more likely to succeed when they have somebody that they are being accountable to. And this is one reason why coaches play such an important role in helping people to have success in their lives. It doesn't matter what area it is, you know, really, but when you've got somebody that you are checking in with and you have set this is what I'm doing, this is what I need to do, you run through and do your checklist that you've got everything in place that you need, then off you go, you come back again, how are you doing, you know, where did you fall down, you know, how are you going with that, is there anything else that you think that, you know, will help you, support you to get through this. So it's great having somebody to bounce off. And one of the things is that when you set yourself up to win, you've got to understand that everything is an exercise. So for me, the exercise was to take the medication to stop smoking, even though it gave me some really horrible side effects, which I'd never want to be on that medication again. I knew that it was important for me to take that medication at that time because that medication was taking away the craving that I had to smoke, which was doing the job, exactly what I needed. And another exercise, so the exercise was taking the medication when I needed to take the medication. Another exercise for me was making sure that I kept my appointments with my counsellor. It was so important for me to have those check-ins for my mental health because there was so much going on for me 
um, with my mental health at that time. And I'll explain that a bit more as we go along. And I made sure to create another exercise to stop drinking coffee, which was a strong association for me that went together hand in hand with smoking. So one of the things when I reflect back to when I quit smoking, that I could have actually done more to support myself through that. And one thing that I didn't do is I didn't have a something to replace it with that was um, really healthy and that would help me to really start uh, getting a new identity ingrained and a new habit ingrained, a healthy habit. So I did what lots of people do, which is they they go to comfort eating um, a bit. So, um, but I was okay with that because at the end of the day, I was ending a harmful, very harmful habit. So um, I also, what I did to set myself up to win at that time is I gave myself a couple of days off my normal work schedule to get through the hardest part where every minute of the day was wishing that I could stop smoking. So I didn't try and carry on with everything to the same level as what I normally did in that initial phase of stopping smoking. And that was really important to give myself some time to make that very challenging transition. Um, Because as I said to you, it was very ingrained and there are different levels. So we know something with our mind, then we know something with our heart and we have to have that connection to make a transformation. We have to have that heart and that head connection that mind and heart connection when we've got that mind and heart connection then we can go to the next level of retraining ourselves and then it becomes a cellular change which is that much deeper level of change that becomes that transformation so this is what why it's so important not to just be thinking things but also to be feeling it and understanding the connection between the heart and the mind. So as I said, making changes to yourself, whatever they are, can be super challenging, especially when it involves a negative or harmful addiction or, you know, when it comes to domestic abuse, you know, how challenging it can be to break away from a toxic person. But when we do things to set ourselves up to win, we have much, much, much better odds of making the change a lasting one. So far, I know it sounds... Like I am a fan of the word should because it was a catalyst in eventually helping me to stop smoking. But in all honesty, I have said earlier, should was not enough to get me to stop. And, you know, why was that? Because should came from my intellect. It was my mind talking. It was what I knew made sense. My mind knew that I should not smoke, but knowing something is often not enough to motivate us to do what we know to be in our best interests. And as I said, when emotion is tied to the thing that we know to be true, that is what helps us 
to motivate us to make the change. So let's have a think just for a minute about how this can play out in an abusive relationship. Well, there's a part of you that although it may not even understand that the type of behaviours that are going on in your relationship are abusive, that you know you should be treated better than the way you are being treated and that you probably should leave as you just seem to be going around in the same destructive circle. What keeps you there? Well, there's a few things. You love the guy, right? You have an emotional bond and we're driven by our emotions, be they good or be they bad. And you have a desire to help the other person change. You know, you know, you know that that person isn't all bad and you see the potential for things to be okay. But this is an illusion that keeps us stuck. We can't change someone whose desire to change is not as strong as ours. We just find we're fighting a losing battle. Without this understanding, we keep buying into the BS, the false promises, the good intentions that go unfulfilled. So here's some emotional motivation. I want you to just imagine that you have a daughter or a son, it doesn't matter, and fast forward to them being in their adulthood and they get into a relationship where they are being used, abused and mistreated. You see your once happy child begin to withdraw from you, from the rest of their family withdraw from their friends. You see that they're walking on eggshells in their relationship. You see that their nervous system is in a really bad way. You see the anxiety creeping in. You see them becoming depressed. You see them overcompensating by doing everything they can to make things appear normal, but they're just running themselves ragged. You see them neglect their self-care. You see them turning to drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or food as coping mechanisms. You see them become withdrawn and reactive. You see them have a low self-esteem. You see them trapped by fear, unable to make decisions. And all of this is absolutely heartbreaking for you to see. What do you want to do? Or what do you want them to do? Because it's not in your control. Do you want them to stay in that toxic relationship? Or do you want them to leave? You love your child. There is nothing in the world that you would not do for your child to help them, to support them, to see them healthy and happy again. So the answer surely is that you would want them to leave. You would want them to get support. You would want them to return to their happy, healthy selves. And I'm going to go another layer deeper here. 
because under what the abusive person has done now lies a woman or a man with a very poor opinion of themselves. So how does that person identify with themselves? Do they see themselves as strong? More than likely, no. More than likely, they will see themselves as weak because they got ensnared in an abusive relationship. More than likely, they think if they were strong that they would have been able to leave before now. So they don't give themselves credit for the daily strategies that they've practised to minimise the amount of abuse that they've been subjected to. They don't see how strong they have been to get through to this point. And ask, do they see themselves as resourceful? Again, more than likely, no, because they have been giving themselves a hard time for all that they have lost because, again, they got ensnared in an abusive relationship and they blame themselves for this. And more than likely they think if they were resourceful, then they would have found a way to break away by now. Or maybe they have left and they are going, they're giving themselves a hard time thinking, you know, if they were more resourceful, they would have managed to piece their lives back together again by now. Maybe they think they would have normality back. Maybe they think they should have everything under control. They don't give themselves enough credit for all the amazing things that they have done to get themselves through to this point. And they don't see how resourceful they have been in surviving when someone else has done their best to puppeteer their life. So what can you do if you're relating to some of this? Well, because it's Mother's Day, the gift I want you to give yourself is to spend some time with your inner child. I want you to step into the role of being the mother, the nurturer, the carer, the one who is always there to give you a hug, is there to wipe your brow, is there to dry the tears and is there to tell you it's going to be okay. Be that mother who says, I am here for you. Be that protector who says you deserve love and respect. Be that advocate that says you have a right to feel safe and be safe in your home and in your relationship. Be that friend that says you deserve help and support. Be that motivator that says you can get through this and it is not only okay, but it is great for you to get the support that you need that will help to set you up to win. When we leave abusive relationships, it leaves a huge void. And there is a saying that nature abhors a vacuum. When there is a space, it needs to be filled, whether that's with something good or something bad, but it needs to be filled. So when you leave an abusive relationship, 
you long for something to fill that void because it is too painful feeling the emptiness that is there. Can you give yourself the gift of spending some time with your inner child? What do children need to feel safe and secure and happy? Well, they need to feel heard and understood. So spend some time listening to your inner child. Spend some time trying to understand your inner child. Children also need to be affirmed. So spend some time affirming your inner child by reassuring your inner child that it is loved and it is lovable, special and beautiful. Children need to feel unconditional love. So instead of beating yourself up over your mistakes, make sure your inner child knows that she is loved no matter what and that mistakes are just opportunities to learn. Children need to feel safe. So reassure your inner child that you will honour that need by getting them to the best environment possible to help them to be safe and to feel safe. Children need to be touched. Hugs are great, but sometimes after we've been hurt, we're not always comfortable with being touched or receiving affection from others. So maybe you could start with something that makes you feel safe, whether that be nourishing your body with moisturiser or even just your hands, just nourishing your body with some moisturiser. You can activate the energy in your hands just by rubbing them together or by clapping. So children also need to feel chosen. So remind yourself that out of the 4 million sperm that could have been a child instead of you, you were the one that came to life, that came into being. You are special. You are a miracle because you're here. You have a place and you have an incomprehensible worth that can never change no matter what you have or what you have done or what you don't have. You are not a waste of space. You are not a misfit. You are not a reject. You are amazing and you have a place and a purpose. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry if you don't know what your purpose is. None of us can ever know exactly whose life we have touched by something that we have said or something that we have done. If you are like me, you may have spent decades caught up in a feeling like you have a greater purpose, like you are destined for something great, but you have felt like you have fallen short. So when I share this point with you, it's something that I need to remind myself of because we rob ourselves of our ability to fully realise our potential when we continually see ourselves as coming up short. So take a breath with me now and say, I am amazing. I don't know what adventures await me. 
I don't know whose life I have impacted in positive ways, but I know that along the course of my life, I have. And this is evidence of me having deep and meaningful purpose in life. I let go of desire to be more and claim my place in the world. My life is a miracle and I experience miracles every day. Lastly, children need to feel included. So have regular visits with your inner child. Although you are grown up, that inner child will always be with you and will help to guide you about what changes you may need to make to your life to make sure that you are taking the best possible care of your inner child. So how do you know when your inner child is feeling happy, healthy and secure? Well, you don't feel pressured by I should. You feel empowered to make choices. You will ask, why do I feel as though I should? You will know, is this for my good or is this something I feel compelled to do but don't really have to do? you'll be able to discern between those things. You'll be able to make a distinction. So I hope that this has helped to help you to feel more free in your life and embrace yourself this Mother's Day. When you feel trapped or have felt trapped in your life, there can be many doors with many locks There are keys to open these doors. It's just a matter of finding them. So happy Mother's Day. I hope this episode has made you appreciate you just a little bit more and has helped you appreciate just how amazing you are. Until next time, sending you love, light and blessings. Stay well and stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another 
and if you need to try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.